You are listening to the Special Needs Children podcast with Chitra Iyer. Chitra Iyer is a parent of 22-year-old Shravan Iyer who has epilepsy, cerebral palsy and autism. She is the CEO of MFA and has been helping families with life-centered planning to reach their personal financial goals. She is also a trustee of a parent support group, the Forum for Autism, which was set up almost 2 decades ago. MFA is a 16-year-old organization working in the personal finance space. They have set up a dedicated practice to help families with special needs children to plan their financial goals and invest for them. The thoughts shared here are as a result of discussions with parents, caregivers, siblings and professionals regarding the planning of a person with special needs. In this expert series podcast Chitra is talking to Dr Anjali Joshi a senior occupational and sensory integration therapist working with children with disabilities in India sharing her journey in this field she will be talking about the importance of occupational therapy to a child with disability she will be sharing her thoughts on services of occupational therapists available in India and what she feels should be available for children with special needs in the country Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have today with me a dear friend and mentor Dr. Anjali Joshi who I believe is the most experienced and best occupational therapist in India today. Welcome Anju. Thank you Chitra. A formal introduction of Anju is that she has a masters in occupational therapy from Mumbai University and she has a certificate of sensory integration therapy from University of Southern California, USA. Anjali is a fellow of the Academic Council of Indian Occupational Therapy Association of India. She was the associate professor in the Occupational Therapy School at KEM Hospital for 27 years. She was a director and training head of occupational therapy for a not-for-profit child development center in Mumbai. She has been associated with various not-for-profit organizations in Mumbai. as a clinician and as a master trainer she is visiting consultant for national and international parents and professional groups for children with special needs she is the expert advisor for forum for autism a parent support group for children with autism since its inception we have learned so much from you anjali over the years thank you thank you again and again she is the project director and faculty lead for the playpal training program this is a training program that trains special educators sports coaches and parents on how to teach sports to children with special needs she is the recipient of spandan award by the ministry of justice and social empowerment for the work in the field of disability and with your permission i would like to start thank you for such a warm introduction and thank you for inviting me as a guest today to be part of this podcast it's my pleasure to be here so i'll start with the first question coming to you anju why did you choose to be an occupational therapist can you please share your journey with us uh, chitra i always wanted to be in in a profession that offers opportunities to interact with people and being useful to fellow human beings so when i did not get into medicine ot came up as a natural choice also i had someone from my family uh, who is an occupational therapist so i had heard about the profession 
Now for the listeners of this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about my profession. Occupational therapy or OT is the art and science of maintaining and restoring the physical and mental well-being of individuals with an impairment to help them reach their maximum potential and be contributing member of the society. It's an evidence-based intervention that aims to make a child or an adult with mental or physical disability self-reliant in their life roles. Now, in this definition of OT, the term occupation means, and that's very important here, that occupation for us means anything and everything a person does that is appropriate in that specific context. So, for instance, when you are chatting with your friend over a cup of tea in the evening, this chatting in that particular context is your occupation, which would be considered as whiling away time if you do it during your office hours. So when we are referring to a young child, what is the child's occupation? It's the play and learning academics or learning to become independent in self-care activities. So these form the part, primary part of child's occupation. Therefore, over and above the skills which fall under the conventional meaning of the word occupation or profession, Performing self-care activities, home chores, responsibilities which are a part of distinct role we must fulfill in our relationships are all considered as occupation. Therefore, every individual who is finding it hard to cope with any of these areas, which I stated just now, would benefit from occupational therapy. So this is a brief about what is occupational therapy and what do we mean by occupation when we say occupational therapy? Now, an occupational therapist may specialize in specific health areas like in medical profession, right? So one such specialization is in the field of pediatrics, which is what I've been practicing. A pediatric occupational therapist has a post-graduation and advanced training in the intervention approaches to use with children with special needs, such as autism, cerebral palsy, and so on. Chitra, to go back to your question of my journey. During my undergraduate training, which I did from OT school, KM Hospital in Mumbai, I realized that I'm enjoying working with patients with mental health issues and with children with special needs. After I completed my post-graduation from the same institute, I started working as a clinician there first and later on as a lecturer. Now, in this process, I'm usually indebted to the experience that I got out of my 28 years of experience of working in municipal setup, because that's where, you know, I got a chance to meet patients from all strata of society. And I got to work with children with various developmental disabilities. And uh, that's when I met my first child with autism. The children with autism started trickling in slowly in KEM, and I realized that I could connect with them very well. And working with these children, therefore, then became my area of interest. But then what happened is with that, I also started realizing that I know very little about autism. And I also know very little about how to give therapy to these children. So then I started thinking about it and I realized that there's one place where this, this kind of training was available and which is which was at 
Dr. Genius Sensory Integration Clinic at the University of Southern California. Now, fortunately, what happened is I received my Rotary Ambassadorial Scholarship to uh, go to the US and study this the training, uh, study the sensory integration therapy technique, and also to work with some of the best occupational therapists and teachers and clinicians. This was way back in 1992. I did my training there, there and I came back to Kenya and I got a chance or rather I was, I got that honor of setting up the first sensory integration therapy center in my department where all the children who came in for therapies received therapy free of cost. Another good thing that happened uh, there was because I was a professor, I was a teacher, I also was able to train the budding therapist who graduated from KN Hospital. Now, when I look back at my journey, I see that I'm a very fortunate person because I got to live and practice what I'm still very, very passionate about. So this, I think, would I would say is has been my professional journey. Absolutely amazing, Anju. Uh, we are so glad that you know you chose to do all of this and you came into our lives. So many families have benefited with your therapy and work uh, with uh, all our children. Uh, I'm sure all the parents who are listening to you will agree with me that you're an amazing teacher and you have taught us what to do with our children in the area of occupational therapy. Uh, Moving on, Anju, how has the quality of therapy changed in India, according to you? Is it influenced by international practice? Yes, the quality of therapy has changed. And I'm talking about uh, what I've seen in the last over 35 years. But it has changed beautifully in, you know, in an amazing way in the last decade or so. And I think one of the reasons being, you know, with internet and with globalization, therapists started getting easy access to the latest from the Western countries. Also, there are many opportunities for more advanced training available now in India. And people can easily go abroad and get some training, get a training and come back. Now, I know that this is to a large extent limited to metros, but more and more therapists are also getting into private practicing. So there's more competition, which means the therapists are also finding the need to establish better, better credibility, and which has definitely brought about positive change in the therapies that has been offered by the therapists. Now, again, with what has happened with technologies, at least a small percentage of parents have access to the latest information and are trying to seek the best quality services for their children. There's a better exchange of ideas through parent support groups like the Forum for Autism. Uh, the pandemic, in a way, has also brought about some good positive changes. With webinars, virtual meetings and tele-sessions, it has opened a whole big world of the latest knowledge and exchange of ideas. From the parents' side, I would say, the parents now have an option of connecting with therapists of their choice through tele-sessions. Having said that, 
we still have a long long way to go uh, anywhere close to all the families from every nook and corner of india receiving the best care family center care for their children but i do see that there is hope very true anju we've come such a long way since you established the center so many years ago and uh, yes hopefully we will catch up much faster so anju as parents of a child with a disability we need to decide which therapies are important for our child how important is ot compared to you know all the other things that uh, you get to do on a diagnosis that a developmental pediatrician asks you to do perhaps the team says that you know you need to do physical therapy speech therapy special education and so many more you know such therapies how can you guide a parent to choose what is needed for their child given their limited resources uh, before we uh, you know before the parents taking the decision about choosing let me first explain why we are talking about multiple professionals and of course then you know that then we come to what are the challenges and what workable solutions see here i would like to highlight the basis basics of child development child development takes place across multiple domains so for example you know we say that the child develops in the area of motor skills communication skills social skills cognition sensory areas and play now what happens in children with developmental disabilities and delays that the child could be affected or delayed or slow in more than one area and therefore the child often needs support from multiple professionals so for example a child may need a speech and a language pathologist or a speech therapist as we often say to build the child's speech and language and communication or a physical therapist to address the child's physical challenges and an occupational therapist to develop the child's play learning functional skills and behavioral concerns the extent of the support and intensity or frequency of the intervention depends on every child's needs challenges therefore obviously varies now what how how does this journey happen see the parents first receive a diagnosis from a professional mostly a pediatrician or a neurologist and then these are the, the professionals prescribe physical speech and occupational therapy for the child to overcome the child's delays chitra i am i am aware that i am making it sound quite simple but i strongly suggest that the parents try and follow the prescribed intervention the doctors have prescribed to them for their child see one reason why this is not as simple as it may sound is the biggest challenge that is seen across the globe is that the number of persons with disabilities is more than the number of professionals and therapists so for instance there are only 5000 registered occupational therapists in india as per the indian association of occupational therapists the actual number of professionals who are practicing is likely to be much smaller that means it is realistically impossible for every child to get forget multiple but even one therapy service in india and that is not all there is always the cost associated with the service there are very minuscule free of cost to subsidize services available 
in municipal hospitals government hospitals or not for not for profit organizations but which are restricted to cities and towns true anju again uh, with costs as escalating with inflation all of this you know rests squarely on the parents shoulders and uh, uh how to figure you know what they should prioritize where should they spend their money for the child how are they supposed to plan for the future you know uh, the whole bit of financial planning is what uh, is is a huge worry in parents minds and um yeah uh, we we need to figure you know uh, do you think that as a therapist do you see any other solution can the therapist do anything to optimize their services uh, yes something is possible and it's definitely a workable solution so few practical solutions which are based on my experiences and are also supported by research is what i'm going to talk about just now the first is that every therapist can starts to offer transdisciplinary care to the child he or she is working with some of these issues can be mitigated the therapist needs to remember that this is not just a disability but she he or she is working with a child and every child has a unique family and an environment every therapist therefore needs to have basic understanding of the areas of the other professionals so that in the absence of such professional the therapist who is this child's first contact or the only contact professional can will be able to offer at least initial support across all the areas to this family with every therapist making a conscious effort to update one's knowledge communicating with other professionals learning from other professionals it's easily possible to broaden the understanding of that particular disability or multiple disabilities now another crucial and a simple step is linked to the fact that the child spends maximum time with his or her caregivers right so the therapist can easily coach handhold and support the caregivers to better their skills and to equip them to enhance their child's development so chitra parenting for all of us and more so for parents of children with special needs is a continuous ongoing journey the developmental needs as the word suggests as the child grows older change now it's a therapist who is seeing this family who can guide the parents on how to adapt to the changing needs of the child now regarding the therapies remember there is no quick fix solution like the medicine even an overdose is not you know i mean how harmful it can be for medicines is the same way it could also be not so effective i would say if it looks parents are thinking of giving an overdose of therapy also like all other unproven medicines therapies that have no scientific evidence do not work and parents need to be aware of that as the child starts to grow older the need for regular therapies will get replaced by consultative sessions so definitely the number of trips the parents have to make to see the therapist are going to reduce as the child starts growing older provided the therapist has really mentored and coached the parents 
how to deal with the child's challenges how to effectively use their time to train the child up or to handhold this child in his journey for some persons they may need to see other professionals for their new as new challenges which may crop up as the child starts growing so with time the intensity or frequency of therapies reduces but it may not become obsolete so to now anju yeah and now you know what you asked me about how can the parents choose the therapist uh well given a choice how do parents choose and i'm saying given a choice because as i said there is really the parents really do not have a great choice of saying okay i will not you know i'll choose this person over that but still if such a thing is possible and if the parents have that kind of an option then how do the parents choose who should be their go to professional especially since this is going to be a long standing relationship here i would like to suggest a simple rule i call the rrpp and what does rrpp stand for it's rapport respect partnership and professionalism so the therapist or a professional the child and you know the parent who's going to this particular person you should have a good rapport with that profession and the child too should have a good rapport with that profession the person should be one who respects you and your child and is willing to partner with you in your child's developmental journey within the boundaries of course of the professional relationship is the best therapist for your child so i think for parents if they see that yes this particular person i'm able to connect with he is very respectful towards me and towards my child he is looking at it as a partnership and is always being supportive and guiding me and is absolutely a professional person and is coming across with his professional ethos and values i think that's the best therapist for your child beautiful simply beautiful anji especially the rrpp is absolutely fantastic for any parent to understand how they should you know what they should look out for when they meet any any therapist uh, there's no one given place or you know one set person that a parent can just walk into and say that hey you're the best for me it's as you said it is a relationship the parent has to meet with their child the child has to be comfortable with the therapist the therapist with the child the parent with the ch- therapist it's all so um it it's so in sync everybody is depending on each other and uh, i have had so many such conversations over the years through forum for autism with so many parents saying hey you know what she's so good you know i bet the best therapist for my child and thanks to people like you anju we've made friends we we have in our circle of friends we have so many therapists as as our friends thanks to our child and uh, you know thanks to this brilliant uh, sense of you know you you have a sense of responsibility a sense of care that comes like as if this is your child and uh, yeah that that's you you put it so beautifully thank you 
So Anju, moving on, as an advisor to Forum for Autism, you have seen changes in services across, you know, the country. And uh, you are an expert invited across countries to guide various programs. So what are the three key things you would like to see change for people with disability in India? What would you say? Oh, lovely question. And this is something I really look forward to happening. So let me share my thoughts with you. So I think based on what I've observed and experienced in the developing and the developed countries where I visited as a trainer, uh, the three things that I hope to see in India are, one is the attitudinal change amongst the professionals and the caregivers. I'm hoping that the relationship will change from the age-old belief of, I'm the know-it-all person and you're just a parent. The second thing is that I hope that there will be an attitude of inclusion or approach of inclusion towards persons with disabilities. Society at large needs to acknowledge that a person with disabilities too have their own rights. And the third thing is the dignity of labor. This, I think, will bring a huge change in the world of persons with special needs. People will learn to respect those who are contributing towards the society to the best of their abilities and trying to overcome their limitations to be to contribute to the society and which is so very important for every individual that respect is so very important for like it is for us as neurotypical persons it's also extremely important for persons with special needs and when that happens i think there will be a huge change in the way we are looking at disability and the persons with special needs too will feel as, as if they belong to this particular society and they will thrive and flourish. Anjali, you have always been a trendsetter in your space and your words will impress many young minds of the occupational therapists who are listening in to you. To many families, well-wishers and others who are part of this entire village that is necessary to bring up our children with special needs, what you have said now is it will show the way of how we want community uh, thought to change towards special needs children in India. Thank you so much for doing this with me and being on this Expert Speaks podcast for children with special needs. Really value all your thoughts and uh, looking forward to many, many new such uh, path-breaking and uh, very clear solutions coming from you. Thank you, Chitra. You were listening to the Special Needs Children Podcast with Chitra Ayer, the CEO of MFA and a trustee with the Forum for Autism. If you find this podcast relevant and interesting, it will be great if you leave a review, share, like and subscribe. You can also let us know if there is any specific topic that you would like us to cover. Feel free to email her on chitra.ir at myfinad.com or you can call her on 98337-85892.